Multicolored lights and sounds A world of adventure and heroes galore It's truly outrageous when we yell Thundercats ho Autobots roll out and yell Yo-Jo Four feet and legs and do the Mario Get into a Care Bear stare and go-go gadget ears Excuse me princess, it's time for Totally Radical, Totally Radical, Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast! Hello and welcome everyone, welcome back to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. We're the show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity there is. My name is Randy, I am your host on this journey, and as always, I am joined by my friend and my co-host, Phil. Phil, how you doing today, brother? I am doing all right. What's up, beautiful people? I hope you're all staying safe out there. I hope everyone's doing great, and we are back with another episode, so let's do it. Oh, man, indeed we are. And of course, before we get into the episode today, gotta let you know that Geek World Order, or I'm sorry, Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com for all the latest and greatest geeky media and content. Of course, we are on social media. Check us out. Uh, Geek World Order and Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast both have their own Facebook pages. You can also go to Twitter and Instagram at Geek World Order. And today, we'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. Yes, folks, we are going back to the world of G.I. Joe and... Boy, do we have an episode for you today. You think the last one was a mindfuck? Get ready. Oh. <laughs> this one is literally a mindfuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, today we are looking at a season two episode entitled Nightmare Assault. Uh, so the title the... suggests exactly what you may think. <laughs> uh, so the episode starts with lifeline of all people because you know hashtag lifeline ruins everything ah but his name is lifeline yes the and for those who don't know (laughs) lifeline is a uh medic on the gi joe team and he's a pacifist yeah like that andrew garfield movie yeah so he's a true story sorry (laughs) uh so he's walking through a blizzard and he's getting pushed back by some pretty strong winds oh yeah so he pulls himself up and eventually he finds iceberg uh the the new member a newer member of the team who basically he's the snow trooper his toy replaced a snow jobs toy so now we have iceberg who is the 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 uh the snow guy Oh, yeah. And Who is trapped? Well, he's pretty much immobile. Yeah, he seems to be kind of frozen. He's basically dying. He got attacked by Cobra and is left for dead. And But Lifeline finds me like, listen, you're going to be okay. I'm here. I got this. And just out of nowhere, dude, like this giant cobra attacks and this thing's got like the like those trouble bubble flight pod things like coming out of its mouth it's shooting yeah. at them <laughs> it's got like it's got cobra like cobra troops coming out of his mouth shooting at them it's like that's the thing that got me and iceberg's like here take my gun shoot at it <laughs> but lifeline's like no i won't touch a gun I won't do it. It's like, maybe we should just surrender. <laughs> right. And Iceberg is all like Samuel L. Jackson. Like, the fuck you talking about, bitch? You're like, what? Did take take the damn, damn gun. <laughs> take the gun. And he just straight up hands it to him. Like, puts it in <laughs> Lifeline's hands. Seriously. Like, he's almost doing, like, the thing where you're holding something out with, like, your thumb and your forefinger. It's like, ah, I don't <laughs> want to touch it. Yeah, dude. That I was mean, funny. He's like, eh, eh. and he turns his head to shoot it. Yeah, he's, like, holding it up. His hands are visibly shaking. 
It's like, he's like, eh. he's like, he knows he should shoot it and, you know, try to defend. But he's like, just so much of a pacifist. He's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, like he literally turns his head away, but he actually shoots it and then turns into a snake. Yep, right in, right in his hands. Bruh. And so, yeah, this is all just insane. Uh, but as he shoots the gun and the snake attacks, we sh- all of a sudden switch to Joe headquarters where Lifeline wakes up from a dream and he is screaming. Yep. Like... Like, he legit may have, like, pissed himself. Probably did. This is <laughs> Lifeline we're talking here. Man, Lifeline ruins everything. He probably piddled a bit. So, yeah, so we learned that uh, Lifeline basically had a pretty bad dream. So he gets out of bed. He he walks up. He's like, all right, I need a cup of coffee. So he goes and he's and just goes to sit in the G.I. Joe rec room. And it's like, oh, just a random TV. And it's playing like some kind of like Godzilla monster movie. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't think anyone's there. So he just turns the TV off. And we get a voice going, uh, I was watching that. <laughs> he's like, hey, I was watching that. And we come to learn that. Um, it was Lowlight that was watching the movie. <laughs> Good old Lowlight with the ba- with the voice of a badass. I was watching that. Oh man, the superb voice acting of Charlie Adler. That was Charlie Adler. Yes, that's Charlie Adler, oh, man. Oh shit! Yes, who you may yeah, know we talked from about him before. Yes, who you may know from, especially like he really took off in the nineties, man. Um, he was Ickis on All Real Monsters. Uh, he was, was both Ickis. Yes. What? He was both cow and chicken. <laughs> that um, is great. He played both Mister and Mrs. Big Head on Rocco's Modern Life. Wow, dude, man, this no, he seriously took off in the nineties, man. But that yeah, is no. amazing. But, you know, Charlie Adler, man, is the voice of Lowlight. He's got some range, dude. Oh, dude. And Lifeline's like, oh, hey, yeah, I didn't see ya. Sorry, I had some nightmares. And, you know, knowing Lowlight's medical information, he's like, you know, you deal with, you have nightmares all the time. How do you deal with it? He's just kind of (laughs) like, I just do. He's like, yeah, I just do. And he just like walks. it's no big deal. Yeah, and he just walks out. But he was like, "How do you?" He's like, "How do you sleep?" I try not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we switch to a scene of the Cobra Terror Drome. Uh, we see some vehicles flying, you know, just kind of flying and driving around, just doing patrols. And we kind of go inside, and we're in a lab where we see Doctor Mindbender talking with Serpentor. Dude, freaking Serpentor is the epitome of dress for the job you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he is. Bro, this, just, this gold, oh, his golden outfit. green snake armor. Like, he used to talk around, he used to talk around the water cooler for sure. So, if you dress for the job you want, what job is Dr. Mindbender dressing for? A Monopoly guy. He's got, like, Purple pants, a purple cape, no shirt, just suspenders. He's got just this beautiful handlebar mustache. Dude, he's got like these diamond encrusted like arm gauntlet looking things. Right? It's like, geez, he's got this like Monopoly guy like bondage fetish thing going on. Yeah, and he's like one of Cobra's chief scientists. And of course, do not the pass go. Do not get a spanking from daddy. I don't know. Yo, and his um his <laughs> toy file card for Mindbender has like this weird origin. Like 
According to the toy file card, he was originally a dentist. Yeah. And somehow became like one of Cobra's chief interrogators. What the hell? What do you interrogate people that do dental work on them? Oh, you're not going to talk, huh? Ooh, look at these holes. It's sort of like... Like uh, the dude from Little Shop of Horror. Yes, that's what what I'm thinking of. Like, (laughs) Uh, cranked up to 11. Oh, fuck, fuck. What's what's the actor's name? Oh, I know. He's so famous, and I'm like, I'm like blanking right now. Right, I was trying to think the movie. Yes, Little Shop of Horrors. I was like, yo, the dentist from that. I gotta look it up, dude. I got I gotta look this up. It, I'm gonna feel so stupid. Like Dr. Mindbender is like that mixed with um so before the wrestler Kane was Kane, he had another gimmick. Steve Martin. <laughs> Sorry, keep yeah. going. So the wrestler Kane, um, he had a previous gimmick before Kane. He was um Dr. Isaac Yankum DDS. Dr. Isaac Yankum. Yes. He was an e- he was literally <laughs> a dentist. And he was a wow. bad guy wrestler. Back in the time when, you know, wrestlers had to have like jobs for their character. That's beautiful. So yeah, if you kind of like give like the Isaac Yankum with like the dentist from a uh, little shop of horrors and they like this weird evil baby that becomes a mad scientist you've got dr mindbender that's pretty perfect so yeah so they're talking and we see some monitors we've got images of various gi joes including leatherneck dial tone wetsuit iceberg and basically he's going oh yeah the plan is working (laughs) and serpenter's like of course it's working this is my plan. It's not one of Cobra Commander's pathetic little schemes. This I command. <laughs> Although, weird note, this is one of the handful of G.I. Joe episodes where Cobra Commander does not appear. I noticed that. And there's only a handful he's not in in any had, form or capacity. You had no Cobra Commander, no Destro, nothing right that was interesting i think like outside of like actually i mean really outside of a the dreadnoughts and serpentor and mindbender there's really very few cobra in this episode yeah that's true it's a very it's like the cobra side is very heavy on the mindbender serpentor plot line so basically we kind of get the rundown of the evil device the Sombulator, which basically... <laughs> Sombulator. So... Oh my god. That's great. Yeah. So basically at this point, they're basically putting out these like psionic waves that are triggering nightmares in the Joes. So basically their plan is to, you know, cause them to have nightmares, cause them to not sleep right. And basically... Get them to crack under fatigue. Basically. Which is actually a brilliant plan. It really is, dude. Deprive them of sleep, you know, have them turn on each other from frustration and, you know, Lord knows who has PTSD right now. Right. Because you know the Joes have all seen some, some shit. We've seen some stuff. We've seen some things, man. (laughs) <laughs> and speaking of the Joes, uh, we switch back to this Arctic world again. Um, so, yeah. So General Hawk is leading a team of Joes in Conquest Plains. They're raiding a Cobra Stronghold. Um, so you've got, you know, Hawk, Sci-Fi, Lady J, Dial Tone. And, you know, oh, they're kind Lady J. And they're seeming to do pretty successful kind of taking out multiple targets one by one dial tone's like hey how about you leave some of them for me and so they basically destroy this cobra base that they're after and then all of a sudden this giant cobra 
just emerges from the wreckage. And it's just straight up like shooting fire out of its mouth. <laughs> again, yeah. with, again, with the giant cobras. Because, you know, everything has to be snake themed. Oh, yeah. Especially that outfit. <laughs> so Hawk's <laughs> like, all right, Joe's evasive maneuvers. But unfortunately, the uh, Joe's all start getting shot down. Like they are getting shot and crashing and dying. Oh, yeah, they're getting wrecked. And like actually dying. There's no no one's hitting the ejector seat. They're dead. And so Hawk is like losing it. He's like, no, my men, yeah. I've led them to their death. Like he's straight up torn up about it. Yeah, no. Which would make sense if they're if Cobra, you know, if this is a, a nightmare caused by Cobra, which spoiler alert, it is. Mm hmm. And because we shortly after this, um, Hawk actually does manage to hit the ejector seat, but he literally goes right into the Cobra mouth. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And you talking about a, like another scream when he got up? Who, buddy? Dude. Yeah. Which, uh, which would make sense it. for someone in Hawk's position, you know, in his leadership command position that, you know, one of his biggest fears or nightmares would be, le you know, leading his troops into, you know, and yeah, dying. Yeah. Because obviously as a general, he's has a insane responsibility. Oh, yeah. You're responsible for the lives of all those men. So that would make sense that he's got, you know, that would be kind of his nightmare. Um, so, yeah, so Hawk yeah. wakes up. He's pretty much got the cold sweats. So it's the next morning. Uh, Lady J's walking down a hallway. She sees Lowlight. And she's <laughs> like, he's like, hey, how's it doing, Lowlight? And he's just like, you don't want to know. Oh, Lady J, dude. Oh, buddy. So she says she has a dream, right? Oh, we're 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 about to get to that. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Lady J's walking to Hawk's office, and he's kind of—I mean, Hawk is slumped over at his desk. He clearly has gotten no good sleep. You know, yep. minimal sleep. You know, and like, and she's kind of like, yeah, I. I gotcha. Basically, he feels like crap. She does too. And they're kind of, you know, they're kind of talking back and forth, talking about how they had nightmares. She's like, yeah, I had a, a dream. He's like, I was singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. And he's like, that's not a, that's not exactly a bad dream. <laughs> and she's like, well, I wasn't exactly in my dress uniform, shall we say. And she blushes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's cartoons, folks. So yes, uh, she's definitely in. <laughs> she's definitely in. Basically, telling us in '80s children's cartoon code speak that she was either in her underwear or she was naked. Nah, she was naked. Probably. She was in a birthday suit. <laughs> yes, not exactly dress uniform. And her dress boobs. <laughs> So of course, as our the Joes are tired and exhausted. Oh look, we have a cobra attack. Of course. And it's Beachhead over the intercom saying the Dreadnoughts are attacking an oil rig. So it's like, all right, everyone gets in their jets and their. Uh, actually, no, they take the the tomahawks out for this one. Oh yeah. So they go in. They go into the radio, or they go to the oil rig. And Hawk's like, all right, guys, no special heroics. Just do it by the book. Because he's still very shaken by by his dream and everything that went on. So he's like, all right, we're going to play it cautious on this one. And Joe's like, all right, cool, cool. Sounds good. Let's do this. They're completely behind Hawk's plan 100%. 
Uh, so we've got the Dreadnoughts uh, attacking the oil rig. They've got hostages. They're like, all right, just do what we say, and you might live long enough to make it to another job. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't playing. Yeah, no, and they even mention, uh, I believe it's Buzzer that mentions they've even got a little bit of a surprise for the Joes. Embra. So once the Joes start firing on the oil rig and the dreadnoughts, how does this work? Like, they, so Buzzer hits like this button on the control and just this giant snake pops out. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay. So this is happening now. And dude, Hawk loses his shit. Dude, he really did. He's like, no, my nightmare's happening. It's coming true. He starts swerving that freaking chopper. (laughs) Like, he seriously Uh, almost made everyone crash. Oh, yes. But but yes, as a Hawk is, uh, you know, losing it, he's uh, seeing the snake, his nightmares are coming true. Uh, so we've got a nice little bit of tension here. So, of course, um, guess what time it is, folks? We'll be back after these messages. See you soon. <laughs> White flower day sale at Macy's. This Wednesday and Thursday are White Flower Days at Macy's. For two big days, Macy's offers you substantial savings in almost every department. Take advantage of low sale prices on the things you want now during the store-wide White Flower Day sale this Wednesday and Thursday only, only at Macy's. White Flower Day sale at Macy's. Introducing the all-new, all-refreshing Irish Spring. Improved to bring more shower... More shower to your shower. (laughs) More shower to refresh you like never before. (laughs) More refreshment from an all-new Irish spring. (laughs) New fragrance and uh, skin conditioners. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thicker, richer lather. (laughs) Discover the uh, (laughs) all-new... The all-new, all-refreshing Irish spring... (laughs) And bring more shower to your shower. (laughs) I'm going to tell on you. So it's not our brand, but it is the neat Colgate pump. It's the Colgate pump with MFP fluoride. Who got the Colgate pump? Susie did. Hey, neat. Two great tastes, maximum fluoride protection at your fingertips. San Francisco's original rocker, 97.3 KRQR, The Rocker. All right, and we are back. And as we went to commercial break, uh, the Dreadnoughts pulled out the giant snake and Hawk is losing it. And yes, uh, as we alluded, as was alluded to, uh, Hawk actually kind of starts flying his tomahawk a little erratically. Oh yeah. Like uh, Lady J notices, and she's like, "Um, you okay?" Like, dude, the fuck. <laughs> and he doesn't answer, so they're a little concerned. And he's kind of just sitting there, going, "All right, Hawk, pull yourself together, man." Yeah, he told himself to get his shit together. Pretty much, he's like. All right, so he he finally gets himself together. He's like, all right, guys, back off. I got this. And yeah, he just, uh, you know, he shoots the snake. He he blows it up. And they're like, all right, good shooting, General. <laughs> right. And Sci-Fi's like, ah, eh, that ought to win you one of those little carnival dolls. Of course, you got to have the freaking, the one-liners. <laughs> Oh, man, good old sci-fi. <laughs> Bro, that green costume is just amazing. <laughs> right. Freaking oh, looks like a uh, Master Chief. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, so at this point, they're like, all right, so we got to get down there. So they land because they got to, you know, rescue the workers, get the dreadnoughts. But of course, this is no easy rescue mission. Nope. As we cut to Monkey Wrench, who has set a bomb, who has placed a bomb. So, of course, the dreadnoughts make their way out into the Cobra sub because they're done here. They actually had it pretty well planned out. Yeah. This was pretty much a hit and run. It was pretty this solid. Was, yeah, this was definitely designed to get the Joes out. And obviously had to have known what's going on. Because they had the snake there. Yep. So I was like, yeah. So we get some, you know, good scene where, you know, the jo- Hawk, Leatherneck, you know, they're all rescuing the the, the oil workers you know, they got to defuse the bomb. All that good stuff. Well, they don't exactly defuse the bomb. But they do get the the oil rig workers rescued. And they manage to get away before the oil rig just goes kablooey. Oh, yeah. Basically grab it onto the rope, like barely making it. Yeah. So some good Pretty cool scene. There. Yeah, yeah. no. There's definitely some good action scenes in this episode. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, so we uh, switch back over to Cobra, and Doc Mindman is like, Oh, this is good. My experiments are working. General Hawk throws at the mere sight of an inflatable snake. <laughs> That's what like, she said. <laughs> yeah, and she just, uh, yeah, Hawk froze. He's like, and Doc Mindbender's like, Excellent. At this rate, the Joes will be broken in a few weeks. And Serpentor, he was like, no. So here's where things start to go awry. Because Serpentor is like, weeks will not do. I want results now. This I command. <laughs> you gotta love that. <laughs> this I command. It's like everything, oh. dude. It's like, of course, what a dick. He wants results now instead of actually letting the plan go the way it was supposed to. Right. Which is one of uh, Serpentor's character flaws. He wants everything now, now, now. Reminds you of today's society. Because there there is a part of the the five-parter episode, um, Arise, Serpentor, Arise, where they lose one of the DNA samples that was used to create him. Oh, and I don't remember what it, maybe it was like Sun Tzu's DNA or a very, uh. there was a, one of the, like one of the conquerors that they went after who had a lot of patience and that particular DNA sample ended up being destroyed and not part of Serpentor's mate. Uh, what, you know, the genetic matrix they used to create Serpentor. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, so, so this is an actual established character flaw with Serpentor, is that he is very hmm. impatient. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. And it's He's actually putting... shown in that oh, five-parter God. because of that specific DNA sample being destroyed. He has. That's why he has no patience. Yeah, He's pretty ruthless, too. Yeah. I remember one particular episode that I won't talk about yet, but damn. <laughs> oh, there's a number of examples where he's just... Dude, oh, he... loses it. Yeah. But no, it's one of the few things that, like, they actually wrote into the continuity of the cartoon. And they call back a lot. And no, that is a big part of Car- Serpentor's character is that he's just impatient. Yeah, he fucks up a lot of a lot of good plans mm-hmm. with that impatience. Uh, so we cut back to the Joe headquarters, and Lifeline is ta- you know taking Hawk's vitals, and you know Hawk mentions that he's having nightmares and he's not sleeping well. And Lifeline's like, "Hmm, he, that this is not the you know something like." Uh, at least a dozen reports of other Joes having nightmares. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no. 
Hawk hasn't slept in, you know, a good five days or so. And even then, he's like, you know, this is... He admits that it's affecting him because he literally messed up in combat. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, if he... And if that had been a real scenario where harm had come to his troops, he wouldn't that be able to forgive it. himself. Yeah, he does care. Yeah. Uh, so we cut over to a drive-in movie theater. Uh, we see Iceberg with his lady, uh, Mahia. <laughs> Who calls him Iceberg? Right? Not I, his name, Iceberg. I, I thought they weren't supposed to know. I thought these were like secret code names. Yeah. That's all I'm sitting here like, why is she calling him that? I know like a few of them will know because of like, you know, the season one episode, Captives of Cobra. So there's like a few people who know the, the secret identities. It's like, it's just yeah, like... I, know. <laughs> I know. I you don't want to, you don't want to just go using those willy nilly. Right. And I know there's like a logic to it because a lot of the writers and producers are like, oh, well, they won't understand if we call them by their real name. Uh, I mean, you could. I think we would have got it. Yeah. I don't I don't even remember Iceberg's real name. Wow. Me neither. Well, I mean, I guess at least Arthur Berghardt gets to be in this episode. This is true. So, because being, in addition to being the voice of Destro, he's also the voice of Iceberg. <laughs> yeah, nice. You know, so they're watching the movie, and he's, like, nodding off, because he's having nightmares, too. Yeah, homie ain't getting no sleep. Bruh. Like, he straight up, <laughs> like, co- collapses and, like, hits the horn. Yeah, and all the, like, other moviegoers get pissed. Right? Stop fucking! It's like, yeah, yeah, bro. And Mahia is like, she even gets a one-liner in this episode. She's like, man, you're really a fun date. Bro, she got a straight up burn on him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. She, uh. She was just happy to be there. Right? <laughs> she just didn't care. Yo, that voice, though. She sounded fine as heck, though. Yeah, she did. She had that call now only three ninety nine per minute voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. We're waiting for you. So, yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, so we go back to the Cobra Lab. And Serpentor's like, all right, increase the power of the machine. Of course. So as, of course, they're aiming it specifically at Iceberg. So he's like doing all sorts of like crazy skiing. He's going off cliffs, going down hills. He's like into like a brick wall. Yeah, and he's like, oh, and then the wall disappears. Which didn't seem to scare him that much. Right. And crashing into a brick wall face first while you're skiing yeah. down a hill at top speed. Don't scare you much, buddy. And he's... And Iceberg is definitely in his environment. Yes, they're the G.I. Joe Snowtrooper from Waco, Texas. Yep. Oh, man. So, of course, once again, we get a giant cobra snake appearing once again shooting <laughs> the flames out and he freaks the fuck out yeah so he cause like the snake is like melting it and so he basically like falls in the water so yeah he screams yeah, he wakes up he's screaming and she gets a, and this girl gets another one liner in she's like <laughs> Oh, come on, Iceberg. The movie's not that scary. Yeah, she said that. Man. I'm like, damn it. Oh, boy. Oh, so this next scene, dude. 
So we, uh, so General Hawk walks into the GI Joe's gymnasium. He's like, "All right, well, maybe some exercise will help us." Oh, dude, everyone's tired, bro. Everyone is in like these tank tops and like, just like the just the shortest of eighties shorts. Oh God, yeah, that. Like dial Why tones were on the a... shorts so small, right? Back like, then. Dial tones on like a a rowing machine. He just he's not even doing it right. And it's like oh my god! And like sci-fi is trying to do like pull-ups. He's freaking. He's just tired, dude. Everyone's yawning. Which I forget. That's like one of like one or <laughs> like a couple appearances where we don't see him in like the green suit with the helmet. I was like. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have even realized that was sci-fi, like, if he didn't speak. Yeah, young guy. And he's like, dude, we just don't have any get up and go right now. (laughs) I feel bad for him, man. They're going through it. Yeah. So, Hawk, like, in his full gear, too, like, he starts to climb up a rope, and the rope turns into a snake. Of course. And we realized this was just another nightmare. It's like, man, we are getting to some, like, Inception level. Seriously, so you gotta push through. You gotta push through because all of a sudden, Snake. Oh, another lousy like, nightmare. <laughs> a nightmare within a nightmare. Do, 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 do. Fucking Inception. <laughs> So at this point, Lifeline comes into Hawk's office, hands him a cup of coffee. He's like, and it's just like, dude, what is going on here? And Lifeline's like, we're everyone's just trying to stay awake to avoid the nightmares. Oh yeah. And this is not good because you know at this point, Hawk's like, or or maybe it's Lifeline's like, I mean the team is falling apart at this point. Oh yeah, GI Joe's falling apart. <laughs> And we can definitely see it in the next part here, because um, it shows the clock turned to 3.45 a.m. So, mainframe's, like, sitting in one of the labs, just tapping away on a computer. Quick kick, bro. He's, like, karate chopping his pillow. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? He's, like, karate chops it, and it just collapses into it. <laughs> right? Like, what? what just happened? Oh, cross country is just working on one of the havocs, and just for some reason in the in the vehicle bay, Leatherneck and Wetsuit are playing cards, and they get into a fist fight because Wetsuit's like, "Hey, you just played that card, you're cheating." Yep. So they get into a fight, and then. Wetsuit gets thrown into cross country. Who gets mad and says, stop shoving, and punches him. Yeah, cross country punches him. No explanation. No, like, what's going on? Just, hey, stop shoving. Of course. punches the shit out of him. Wetsuit and Leatherneck are, like, the odd couple. (laughs) Leatherneck, like, grabs cross country by the collar. He's like, nobody punches my buddy but me. Basically. It's like... So Lowlight comes in. He's like, um, y'all need to chill the fuck down. Yeah, he's like, y'all need to stop before I show you what a real nightmare is. He's like, okay, Billy Badass. Right. Oh, yeah, no, dude. There are Fucking... so many good one-liners in this episode. It's like <laughs> yeah. not even funny. Fucking solid snake over here. Dude, Knock man. it off. <laughs> um... <laughs> He reminded me of Solid Snake throughout the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, so Lowlight walks away. He just walks outside. He just finds him a nice spot in the grass. He just sits down and goes to sleep. Oh, yeah. Dude, Bro. his dream sequence. Yo. He is fucked in the head. He's got some serious PTSD from childhood. Yo, like... Like Lowlight's low light's dreams were like the most absolutely vivid. Oh, it was messed up, dude. Like these weird, like these cars are like coming to life. 
it's like this it's like a messed up scene out of like oh what's that stephen king novel with the with like the living car was it christine? Oh, that living black car was it christine i think so might have been christine yeah where like the car comes to shit. life yeah but it's like that on like acid <laughs> seriously because like, these cars are like growing teeth and have eyes yeah and then we get a voice which um we're pretty much l- believing is lowlight's father yeah because and he's straight up like calling him a coward he called him by actual name that's the weird part about this episode oh yeah I mean, not weird because it's his dad. His dad obviously doesn't know his code name, which right. is some good attention to detail. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. But no, he's like, yeah, basically calling him like a disappointment and calling him a coward. Yeah. And he's like, all right, don't come home until you've killed 20 rats in the dark here. <laughs> in the dark. No. Bro. Yeah, no, like, he's got some, like... Shit, man. Yeah, no, like, from what we're understanding here, like, Lowlight's childhood was fucked up. Oh, yeah. This kid was definitely verbally abused, if not physically. It's like, yeah, no, no wonder he suffers nightmares all the time. I know, right? And he's got insomnia. Yeah. Because he admitted he he doesn't sleep, so he's freaking got insomnia like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And, of course... Although Lowlight is used to having nightmares, though. Uh, so we cut to Cobra headquarters. And we, you know, um, Dr. Mindbender provides a report that uh, Target 6, being Lowlight, is mm-hmm. actually resisting. So oh, Serpentor yeah. goes, increase the dosage. My I, wanna see, I want <laughs> no. to see him crack like an egg. Serpentor gave no fucks. No, he doesn't. He wanted to see him, like, he wanted to see his freaking mind melt. I believe um, Mindbender was actually um, a hesitant, too. He's like, uh. Like, um. That's not a good idea. Like, you can tell in his face, uh, that's not a good idea. Yeah, no, the the more Serpentor wants to increase the power on the machine, the more Mindbender's like, um... Yeah, no, Maybe not. uh, mm -mm. Maybe we should go... Decide command! God damn it. Uh, So as we, um... You know, as... So Dr. Mindbender begins to increase the power of the machine. Um, and so, of course, we get some nice little tension here, and, um... We go. We cut to our second commercial of the episode. So we'll be back in just a moment, folks. See you in a second. Come on over here. Will you know the future when you see it? Wow. What is it? <laughs> well, well, the future of long distance looks like GTE Sprint. When you select Sprint, you're getting the important services you'd expect from AT&T, plus savings. So take a look at Sprint and see tomorrow's long distance today. When you've got Sprint, you've got the future on the line. American Treasure, a Smithsonian journey, Sunday at 8 on Channel 2. There's only one two. More. You'll see it in our styles. More. You'll see it in our kinny smiles. More. Of the looks you want today. More. Is why we often say kinny. If you think all bathroom tissues are pretty much alike, 
You haven't discovered the marina difference. Marina, soft as the sea breeze, yet strong as the sea. Marina, two plies of softness, two plies of strength. Marina, soft as the sea breeze, yet strong as the sea. Look for the new nine pack and discover the marina difference. All right, and we are back. As we come back from the commercial, uh, we are still in Lowlight's dream, and it's starting to get weirder and weirder. So now the the cars that were seemingly coming to life are now more mutating, because now they have like sharp teeth and they look like basically look like rats. Yeah. Like the rats that he was basically told to go kill by his father. And so Lowlight just starts shooting at them. Oh, because they actually end up mutating into cobras also. Because of course oh, everything... Oh, you did not... Because of no, course everything has to be snake-themed. But no, he just starts shooting them like one by one. Yeah, dude, he did not give a hot fuck about those cobras. And he and he still thinks like it's, you know, his dad. He's like, no, you've got to be tougher than that to beat me. I'm not yeah. a wimp anymore. Like, I'm, I'm a G.I. Joe. Joe. And nothing stops a G.I. Joe. Nothing. Full on rage. And it was beautiful. You know, he was basically like, fuck you, dad. <laughs> basically how do you like me now dad like, he was pissed dude and even then like there serpentor is still like he's he's still res you know dr mindbender's like he's still resisting he's like more power oh yeah and, he like, was just he was still going this like the stakes just keep getting bigger and they're moving close to torn and Lola is just picking them off one by one because <laughs> he's a sniper even though his uh his file card says he's a night spotter yeah he's a friendly sniper. work for a sniper he's a sniper <laughs> yeah it's like dude this is like insane so like Lowlight like starts climbing like a, this pile of like crushed cars. Like the snakes are breathing fire now. And Lowlight just keeps shooting them and they keep melting. Yeah, he's just he was going full force. So eventually he like he fights off the whole stack of them. I'm pretty sure at this point that Mindbender may have just given him up given up. And Lowline just gets this one liner. I was like, so what do you think of your cowardly son now, Dad? <laughs> Seriously. Like, Dude. he went off on a tangent, man. Like, they messed with the wrong one. So, yeah, so we go back to later that night, the next morning. We're in the mess hall. And pretty much all the Joes in there are pretty much, you know, talking about their nightmares and. Lowlight just walks in the room. He's kind of smiling, looking in a good mood. And Dial tells like, "Who pointed you, little Miss Sunshine?" <laughs> right. It's like, ah, good morning, everyone. Like he's chipper. I had a great dream. Yeah, he basically talked about, you know, having a nightmare and fighting a bunch of snakes and winning. Basically. <laughs> And so this kind of starts a roundtable discussion. Everyone's like, hmm, I had snakes in my dreams too. And they just happen to be cobras. And it's like, oh, we didn't think about that, did we? Hmm. He's like, that's weird. We all seem to be having the same basic kind of nightmare with these cobras showing up. It's like, hmm, cobras, who does that sound like? So they're like, all right, well, Lowlight, you're used to having these nightmares. And he was able to defeat the Cobras. So basically they kind of like 
formulate their own plan. So what essentially the Joes are going to do is basically they're going to have a shared dream. Basically, the Joes are going to enter a state of lucid dreaming. (laughs) Where they know they're in the dream and they're all basically going to be sharing the same dream. Before Inception was cool. Right? This is some crazy... <laughs> some Inception shit. So before we start to this, you know, basically we cut to the Cobra base and, you know, Mindbender has to explain the setbacks. And Serpentor's like, have you corrected these setbacks? Of course, not looking pretty happy. He's, you know, Dr. Mindbender's like, I'm pretty sure, but, um... It's going to take a couple of days, <laughs> which Serpentor does not want to hear. Fuck all that. This he's like, so he's like, okay, I'll just go into the dream, into their dreams myself. So he like gets in, up on this whole crazy contraption. And so he's literally going to go into the Joe's dreams, even though this it's, it's actually going to be pretty dangerous for him. Yeah, he did not want to do that. So He's like, we, oh, I don't really have a choice. So yeah, we are getting some like insane, comp, some insane things going on here. Uh, so we cut back to the Joe's headquarters where Lifeline and Mainframe are kind of setting up the thing. Basically, they're explaining how basically, you know, Lowlight's going to be hooked up to an EKG. Everyone's going to be hooked up to these machines. Basically, they're going to funnel the dreams through low light uh, so he can help them fight fight the Cobras. Yeah, so low light is Leonardo DiCaprio right now. <laughs> and they're like, all right, low light, are you ready? And basically, he's like, I better be. <laughs> he's like, yeah, fuck choice do I have? We're not getting a second chance at this. So he knows the stakes. Like, he knows kind of what's going on. So we go to later that night, about 3.30 in the morning. Joes are, you know, in the dream. And basically they seem to find themselves once again in this weird Arctic terrain. And they're like, wait a minute, where's low light? All right, well, who knows? Because they have no idea what's going on. And things start to go weird. Like when... Uh, so basically Alpine... No, Iceberg like starts falling off a bridge. Like this whole ice thing just gets disconnected. Uh, Alpine has something similar. He's falling off a ledge. Dialtone cannot talk for some reason. Yeah, he just loses his voice all of a sudden. Bro, mainframe is like... Oh my god. <laughs> he gets turned into, like, the Borg. Seriously, I was like, what the fuck just happened? It's like, is that his, like, is that his secret, like, worst fear is, like, becoming, like, seriously no longer human get like getting so caught up in technology like he relies on it too much that he becomes what he basically right. i don't know dude that was that was freaky so yeah the the joes are kind of scrambling hawk is a little hesitant he's kind of almost paralyzed with fear like he's seeing his teammates like not doing so well uh, Lady J tries to grab Iceberg, and she, you know, uh, one of them falls. Yep. But then Hawk basically remembers, okay, this is a dream. He can be in control of it. And yeah, he, he catches Iceberg. The Joes kind of all gather around him. And of course, we get giant cobras everywhere. Of course. Release the cobras! And they're shooting fire. And the Joes form into a nice uh, powwow. They're holding hands in a circle. Because they're like, all right, 
we gotta we gotta stick together we gotta be strong <laughs> remember we're in a dream this cannot hurt us it's not real so then just, just the dream the just keeps getting stare. weirder and weirder because a giant column of fire appears and it's dr mindbender's face like he's like yep. the wizard from like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> the freaking wizard meets Monopoly. Right. <clears throat> so he makes some insults towards the Joes. And now he's shooting fire in his mouth. That was funny. And he's like, it's like ah. I you fools, I will destroy you. <laughs> oh my god, it was freaking hilarious. He's oh, like, Oh, so the so the uh, yeah, Doctor Mindbender is you know throwing snakes everywhere, but from across the ice, we see low light, and he's like, <laughs> "Listen, Mindbender, I'll show you the stuff that nightmares are made of." Of course. <laughs> so like he's that was great. He's on top of one of the cars, like these rat cars. And they attack the cobras. And he's like, no, no, don't focus on the cars. Attack the G.I. Joe. <laughs> don't focus on the cars. He can't even control his own shit. Right. So Lowlight grows to like the size of a giant. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it's just, <laughs> he's just like, welcome. Welcome to my nightmare. It's like, all right, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Bro, he just oh, like man. picks up a sheet of ice and just lobs it at Dr. Mindbender. He like crushes his face with it. It's fucking Yo. great. So at this point, Mindbender wakes up from the dream screaming. And this dream has <laughs> fucked Dr. Mindbender up so bad. He's like, I have to destroy this machine. Yeah, he shoots the mach- his, his own machine. Because that dream, like, him being in the dream itself, that mind fucked him so bad. He's like, fuck this. He's like, no, I gotta destroy this thing. And so he just goes, pew, pew, pew. Boom. <laughs> I met, I wonder what the repercussions were with um, oh my Mr. God. Pentor. Oh, buddy. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that I meeting really had not... I'm sure that meeting did not go well. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it didn't. Yeah, so we go to the next morning. The sun is rising, and the G.I. Joes are all waking up. Like, so is this over? Yep. <laughs> so they, you know, so Hawk goes over to Lowlight's bed, you know, trying to probably get a briefing or something well it's like yeah. it, it, you know what no no D- don't wake him up Th- this is the first sleep he's had in years yeah he was he was good Lola's just literally just laying there smiling <laughs> and you know he's, oh man you know Lolite has conquered his nightmares and he's literally getting the best sleep he's had in a long time mr insomnia so yeah so we get to so yeah, so that's how the episode ends with how uh, Lowlight is always doing there. He's doing great. It was God. pretty nice, though. Dude, this I is actually it. this is a really good episode, man. Oh yeah, it definitely had... a great spotlight for Lowlight, dude. <laughs> yeah, it gave me a new respect for him. Really, he was a badass through and through the entire episode. Oh yeah, no, he's. Oh no, this is awesome, man! Really great episode the dream sequences were oh great man that was great the animation top notch in this one man oh yeah it really was it was really it was really fluid and the episode itself was just so creative and the things they did and kind of the medium they got to play with oh yeah dude so this actually reminded me uh, there's actually an episode of Star Trek Voyager that does a something kind of similar to this episode. Hmm. Um, the episode is called Waking Moments. Well, that's pretty nifty. 
Hmm. Let's so go look that up. So yeah, basically, um, there's basically this alien species. They're basically they kind of live in a dream world because they're basically in hibernation, and they end up like bringing you know alien races out to their doom. Uh, they basically live in this like off sequence dimension. And they're doing like experiments on the Voyager crew. It's pretty insane. Oh damn! <laughs> experiments. Yeah, I wonder if. Uh, hmm. And I, they, I can't recall that episode. I have to go yeah, back they, and watch it. And they and they end up using the technique of lucid dreaming. Um, it's a very Chicote heavy episode. Oh, damn. So, yeah, he basically uses the concept of lucid dreaming. And he basically kind of sets a point for himself where he to know that if he's in the dream or if he's in the real world. And it, and he knows if he sees a certain <clears throat> like a certain thing. He's like, OK, I'm in the dream. And he can wake himself by like, I think he like taps on the back of his hand or basically there's a way to like to control the dream. It's kind of like a. And then basically at one point, you know, the Voyager crew learned they're all in this shared dream world experience. They're basically in this alien in this alien races world. So they basically learn how to work it and they learn that you know oh we're in the dream as long as we remember the dream we can you know we can control what's happening you know nothing's gonna hurt us because we know there's a very similar Mm. concept to this episode you know a little different execution but there's a lot of very similar things in exploring that concept of lucid dreaming that's why that damn movie was so successful sheesh (laughs) I know. I, yeah, no. I might actually have to go back and watch that Voyager episode, but that that sounds pretty awesome. I like I had to look up myself. the name of the episode because I was like, wait, no, there was definitely a Voyager episode that did this shared dream reality thing. <laughs> oh man, dude, this was man, this was a good episode, man. Yeah, I it this was. is definitely a highlight in GI Joe. Uh, you got a you know good character development for Lowlight and his background and his childhood. Oh, dude, his dream sequence was. Whew. And a lot of the things that they touched on were very real, in toward you know kind of how some what some of these people's nightmares would be. Right, and you um, would have never known that. Like honestly, about him, you would have never known that. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely with, like, Lifeline and his pacifist issues and struggling to use a gun. Right. It's, like, it's still a little weird that they have a complete pacifist like that in a military unit. (laughs) Yeah. Even though he is a field medic, it's still a little odd. Yeah, they're trained uh, pretty much on the basics of how how to combat. Right, because I know that I'm sure they would have at least some knowledge, you know, to be able to defend, you know, the wounded should the need oh, yeah. arise. Have to. And then, of course, Hawk and his uh, command responsibility. Yeah, I would imagine that be something that would weigh very heavily on him and his responsibility as a field commander. Oh, dude, I felt for him to make decision. You know, to try to make the best decisions and you know, not lead his troops into certain doom. Yeah, I could imagine that being a nightmare for anybody in command. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, that's really... in charge of troops like that or a division or a battalion, anything. Yeah. Like, being responsible for that many lives. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fell for him seriously. Oh... I feel like there's a Star Trek episode that deals with something like that. Oh, where somebody gets like lead of an away mission and it's like one of their first win like their their first away mission leads. 
I think there hmm. is a casualty somewhere. Oh, really? Oh. That one I don't remember specifically. I feel like there's... Or at least something like that comes up. I could be wrong, but I feel like there's something like that. Yeah, I could imagine they, they would have an episode like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, but... Man, absolutely great episode. Definitely oh, recommend dude. checking this one out. I enjoyed it. Like, it was very creative. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as, like, warfare through lucid dreaming. Oh, yeah, no. Like, absolutely great and it just it just shows how resilient cobra is they'll use any means necessary oh yeah and as, really as the series progresses through gi joe uh a lot of the the combat and the, the techniques do get a little more sci-fi ish mm-hmm. and a little more outlandish but dude there's some insanity that happens especially like in some <laughs> of the stuff they go through in like the second season i mean it basically oh like you know the first five parter that opens the season is just this big genetic experiment to create serpentor oh yeah so i mean is that it definitely goes more insane uh, but i think that'll do it for this episode um of course check us out on social media go to geekworldorder.com uh, of course, uh, subscribe on all the podcast providers. Leave us the rating and the review. And uh, we'll see you next time, folks. Come back. I'll find you. <laughs>